welcome into our podcast, The Quacks, a podcast about longevity. This is the place where you can learn how to get healthy and stay healthy naturally. We're glad you joined us today. Let's get started. Welcome everyone to The Quacks. This is Dr. Alan Miner, and we're talking today about germs and the germ theory. And I think this is probably most chiropractors' favorite topic today. Uh, let me introduce a few people. Dr. Pat's with us. Hello, everybody. Dr. Rod. Hello. Dr. Adrian. Good morning. And I'm Dr. Alan Miner, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, this, in some ways, has nothing to do with chiropractic, and in some ways it has everything to do with chiropractic, uh, because this is a conversation today about health, what we've been taught about health and where health comes from, and this funny thing of germs that everyone has been terrified about. And Dr. Rod, I'm just going to tee you up first to jump in here. Um, you're the most experienced of the lot in the group today, but this is something chiropractors have talked about for decades and decades, and it's a frustration, and why I want to do this podcast is, you know, we have, we have people come in our offices every day, and there's been a, a bump in flu outbreak this year. It's just, it's what society talks is about these little invisible germs, and, and what people should do about them, and antibiotics designed to kill them, or we want to talk about that today because what we find is the healthiest people out there aren't viewing their health through this lens of invisible germs. They're looking at it in a unique way. So, Dr. Rod, tee us up here. Uh, well, when, when chiropractors talk about germ theory, they're also throwing in viruses as far as flu viruses and that type of thing. So keep that in mind. Uh, the important thing about the germ theory is that we're theory. It's a theory. It's not a proven thing. No one knows for sure whether it's accurate. Um, it's still called the germ theory, so keep that in mind. Uh, back to my good old days stories here. Um, when I was in chiropractic college, I had an instructor who in the early 60s had worked in the U.S. Army's Biological Warfare Division. And they were looking at ways to try and incapacitate an enemy with biologicals, viruses, germs, whatever. And the program was eventually uh, abandoned, not from any moral issues, but simply because they couldn't get any higher than a 30% infective rate, uh, no matter what they tried. Now, the way they did this is they, they took light bulbs and opened them up and filled them with various agents, typically flu, and they would tag that virus with some kind of a known indicator that they could measure on later, and they would take them into the subways in New York City, throw the light bulb into the, into the train tracks, and that would really give them a good dispersal of the biological agent. And then they would just simply track, you know, the, the, the health department's flu reports and see what happened. And the best they ever got was 30%, and that was deemed unworkable as far as cost and effectiveness and so, right now there's a lot of talk about the flu epidemic. Now, an epidemic is typically defined as more than 10% of the population, I believe. And we're nowhere near that with the, with the flu epidemic that we've got going now. So, the people that make the flu vaccines, they have a market. They have a product that they're trying to market. And the best way to do that is gen, to gin up panic in the population. I think that's what we're seeing going on right now. 
even with the best, the best, and believe me, the Army came, was able to come up with the best flu vaccine, the best flu viruses they could, as far as virulence goes, they got 30%. That was the best they could get. So uh, the average flu, flu virus that's out there, nowhere near 30%. If it was 30%, our hospitals would be over, over. Yeah, media hype definitely plays a role, and uh, I don't think you can ignore, you know, there is a, there's a different connection between a lot of media outlets and pharmaceutical companies. A lot of those parent companies are tied together. Uh, that's the beauty of today's world with social media, though, right, guys? I mean, that's why Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and it gives crazy quack chiropractors like us a voice to maybe talk some logic in here. Dr. Pat, can you talk a little bit about what your understanding is? of current day flu shots, where they're getting those from. Uh, just give a little insight into what's trying to, you know, what's the objective there with the flu shot and why that doesn't work very well. Well, the flu shots there, they want you to go get a flu shot in the fall. That's kind of what they recommend nowadays. But even now they're recommending that since the first one didn't work, they're saying people ages six months to eight years old should go get a second one, which is ridiculous. But it's, it's kind of like- shot, right? It's the same. <laughs> it's the same strains that they're protecting against, which there's hundreds of different strains, and they don't know which strain is going to be the most virulent, like you said. So it just it depends. It's kind of a guess, and they're guessing. And it's these shots, these flu vaccines are detrimental to your immune system. You know what I mean? When you understand really what germs are, that's really like you said. It's an industry. They make money off scaring people, and over time, the germ theory has banked on scaring people into thinking that germs are bad. Germs aren't bad. Germs are microbes. They're microorganisms, they're viruses, they're fungi, they're things that your body encounters. But if you think about it, and over time, and over um, doing studies and different things like that, they've realized that the body is full of microbes. Your body has 10,000 different strains of microorganisms in it at all times. And up to like 3% of your body's mass is microbes. You know what I mean? It's microorganisms. So the germ theory is basically that if you live in an environment with no germs, which we now know that some germs are good. You know what I mean? You need germs, you need um, microbes to be able to process foods, to be able to absorb um, nutrients, to be able to fight and increase the support of your immune system. You need these microbes in your body. But the germ theory banks on that if there's no germs in your body, in your environment, you won't get sick, which is ridiculous. You know what I mean? So first, you just have to understand germs. And you're taught at a very young age, in grade school, germs are bad. Cooties, you get cooties from touching kids and getting germs from them, but it's not bad, you know what I mean? It's building your body's resistance to the bad microorganisms or bad viruses or bad fungi. So you don't want to just completely wipe it out like which the germ, uh, germ theory has banked on over the years. It makes sense. You know, the chiropractic perspective, Dr. Adrian, let's put it over to you, looks at not killing this thing outside the body but making the body healthier from the inside out. Above, down, inside out is one of the main tenets in chiropractic care. Let's get the body functioning on its own. So rather than being so scared of these invisible things floating around in the air, which, by the way, if you ever had microbiology class, we always laugh at that because the grossest stuff you grow is off of the desk we ate on in front of us and sat in, and the cleanest thing was always toilet seats, which was always so backwards. Mm -hmm. But it was amazing what we would grow off of our desks. I mean, like tuberculosis and Staph aureus yes, yeah. and Streptococcus. And we would grow all kinds of stuff. Yeah, gross. 
And yet nobody was getting sick with that. I mean, that stuff, you can scrub it all day long. You're not going to scrub out what's floating around in the air. And so, you know, that's kind of medicine is taking that approach, that scare tactic of scrubbing and wiping down everything. I see parents who show love. You know, I saw on Instagram the other day, wiping down the airline, you know, every little surface for their baby. Um, it, it, I know that it feels like they're taking action, but it's really in reality they're, they're not able to possibly scrub out the air. And then the irony is when they do research studies, who are the healthiest kids? The ones that grow up in farms who are playing around in poop and eating stuff off of dirt all day long because dogs. they're exposed. Yeah, dog. I mean, yeah, as a matter of fact, there's a correlation with family having a dog and leukemia. I don't know if you've ever seen that correlation. It's amazing how much leukemia rates drop when a family has a pet. So we know how healthy germs are. But Dr. Adrian, the culture of what we're talking about here is that Health comes from the inside out rather than the outside in. Talk about that. What are we talking about when we say the inside out? So you're exactly right. Health you know, comes from the inside out. And scarcity, friends, really comes from a lack of knowledge and understanding of how the body works. And when we are in this belief that the body functions from the outside in is, is completely opposite. You know, it really comes all down to our environment. You know, microbes, organisms, germs, if you will, will only thrive in an environment that is suitable for that germ, that fungi, that bacteria, that flu virus to, to really thrive in. And what we thrive on in our offices is to educate people to better understand the body, that the body is designed to heal from the inside out. And that's making sure that you have a suitable environment to make sure that those organisms aren't growing in your body. And really when we talk about when those things do enter our body, it's because of what we've done over days or weeks or months that has caused the body's inability to be able to adapt and fight off those germs. Having stress on our nerve system is going to suppress our immune system, which allows and, and makes the body more susceptible to different things that are out there. When we eat like crap, if you will, we put sugar in our body, that's allowing an environment for different organisms, bacteria, viruses to thrive in. So it's what we do over time that allows these things and takes our body away from homeostasis and it makes us more susceptible to, to getting sick. And really what we teach our patients in our office is that, that sickness or if you will, getting sick, that's more of like a, like a healing crisis. That's your body's normal response to, to get that organism out. You know. The body raising its temperature is a, is a natural way to fight off and kill off that bacteria. Having diarrhea or vomiting is the same thing. It's trying to expel, it's trying to get that virus or organism out of the body. So that's not really being sick. That's, that's really what we call a healing crisis. That's a good thing. That's a, that's a good response that we want your body to actually have to get that bacteria or virus or whatever it is out of your body. So. We want people to understand that and we want people to make sure that they're having a healthy spine and nerve system so that way the body can do what it does best and that's heal from the inside out without drugs, without medications and preventing surgeries and procedures uh, to take place in their life. So when somebody gets sick, friends, it's, it's really an inside out phenomenon. Your environment wasn't strong enough to fight the thing you breathed in. And that's the bottom line, is what can we do to make your internal environment strong so that you can fight when somebody's next to you coughing? Friends, have you ever seen how there's kids in school and one kid is literally sick every other week 
and the kid in the desk in the desk next to them never gets sick. What's going on there? They're both breathing in the same stuff at some point. Why is one child sick and the other one's not? If you have a dump, this is my favorite analogy, it comes from BJ Palmer, the founder of chiropractic, and you have rats in the dump, you can put poison out there and kill off the rats. But guess what happens within a month or two? You have more rats. They keep coming back as long as that dumpster is there. How do you get rid of the rats for good? Move the dump, clean out the dump, get rid of it, and now the rats aren't attracted anymore. It's a great analogy for the inside of your body. When you, if your body's a dumpster, if, if you're not helping your immune system function at its best, you're susceptible for any bacteria or virus that comes along to set up shop and have a party inside of your body. If your immune system's working how it's supposed to, it fights that stuff all day long and you don't get sick. It's why the child, one child's not getting sick because they have a healthier immune system. So what are the three most obvious things you can do to help boost your immune system? Well, one thing we've noticed for over a century now with chiropractic is we say chiropractic kids are freakishly healthy, but there's a reason that kids who get adjusted regularly don't seem to get sick as often as and as frequently. And we have so many families we've taken care of over the last couple decades at HealthQuest that report that. They came in because of a child who had chronic ear infection, chronic strep throat, and they start getting adjusted. And, uh, you know, I love it when families take medical records and say, gosh, you know, a year ago we went to the, to the emergency room or urgent care or their primary care doc 10 times. This year we went once. Wow. There's a correlation here with what we've been doing. Your immune system is under the direct control of your central nervous system, your brain and your spinal cord. And when your brain and spinal cord and the nerves coming out of your spine are all free to function the way they're designed to, your immune system works better. It recognizes foreign invaders like viruses and bacteria and deals with them. It coordinates the immune response in a better way. There's a great chiropractic study that was once done on HIV uh, patients, uh, you know, both undergoing the same treatment protocols except one group was getting adjusted. And why they chose HIV patients is because they track their T killer cells, which is a white blood cell, which is part of your immune system. It's like a Pac-Man cell called a phagocyte that engulfs a foreign bacteria. And so they were tracking T killer cell counts because if somebody has HIV, that's a good indicator of how bad the disease is or how well the body's fighting it. Well, guess what happened with the groups getting adjusted? They'd have a bump in their T killer cell counts and their white blood cell counts. So it's one of the reasons when somebody's sick, so often the chiropractor says, get in here for an adjustment. Let's adjust you. Let's help your nervous system, which is controlling your immune system, function better so you can fight that cold off better. The other reasons that I've seen that people tend to get sick besides they're out of alignment and their neurology is not functioning right is stress. You know, in your immune system, when you're stressed, there's a fight or flight stress response that decreases your immune response. That's a big variable. Sleep's another variable. When people are, are, are lacking sleep for prolonged periods of time, their immune system's not functioning as it should. And now a bug can set up shop. And the big one we always talk about in my office is sugar, friends. You know, there's a lot of different studies showing somewhere around about a soda, around 30, 40 grams of sugar will suspend or stop your white blood cells, those Pac-Man cells, those phagocytes, from doing their job for up to eight hours. So it's like putting handcuffs on your immune system. So now you just had a soda, you just had a mixed drink, 
you just had some dessert, a bag of candy, whatever it was, your immune system's literally suspended. And start to pay attention to that, friends. When your kids get sick, when you get sick, did you have a big sugar blast the day or two before? I started to notice that when I eat ice cream. I'd have ice cream, I'd get strep throat the next day or two. Not every time, but enough that I started to say, there's a correlation here that almost every time I'm getting a sore throat, I had a soda, I had a soft drink, I had a Sunday, something. And I started to see that in myself. And it's amazing in the practices how we see this huge push uh, after Halloween, after Christmas, after birthday parties where kids get sick because they had such a big sugar blast. And I want you guys to understand, it's not the germs making these kids sick. It's that the body, their body's ability to fight the germs was handcuffed because of that sugar blast. Then you throw on a lack of sleep, stress, and in so many kids today, subluxation or misalignment in the body so the immune system is not even being coordinated properly by the brain and spinal cord. Forget about it. You know, you have a recipe for people getting sick. Rod, can you talk then about, so, you know, here we're looking at it from the inside out perspective. But again, we hear all day long in practice, well, yeah, I'm on antibiotic, doc. Which tells us immediately, ah, we didn't get through. Now, obviously, there's some really bad infections out there that need an antibiotic. We're not saying that's not the case. But, you know, I think it's something like 80% of, of, of antibiotics are overprescribed. You know, the body's fighting it. It has a fever. It's doing all the healthy things to get over that. And here we come along and, and work against that. Can you speak into that just a little bit? Well, antibiotic resistance has really become a major, major problem in this country. When you take an antibiotic to kill off uh, infection, what ends up happening is, is the bacteria, not all of them are killed. And the ones that survive it become literally immune to the antibiotic. So once those get another foothold and take over, then you've got another problem with, okay, we've got to go to a higher level of antibiotic involvement. Okay? Uh, in all of this, to, to wrap everything up, basically, um, Another term is called resistance of the host. That's what the Army couldn't account for, was resistance of the host. 70% of the people, they couldn't control whether or not that person, those people had good resistance. So let's look at those terms. The host, well, that's obvious. That's us. That's the ones that, that get the bacteria, the viruses, or whatever. Resistance, what resistance comes down to, again, is what everybody's been saying here. In another word, uh, it comes down to function. If your body is functioning correctly the way that it should be, then by all means, your resistance is going to be higher. That's what people are talking about when they say resistance. They really mean getting your body functioning the best it possibly can. Lots of ways to do that. Diet's one, obviously. Positive mental attitude, that's another one. The one we ascribe to the most is nerve supply. If your body's not getting proper information, telling it what to do, when to do, how to do, and when not to do, okay, that's when resistance gets low. So we're all about trying to increase the body's resistance so that that resistance of the host becomes a factor that we can control. The Army didn't have an answer for it. We do. We want to do everything possible to increase our resistance. Since we're the host, it's a good idea. Dr. Pat, finish your thoughts. Um, just prepare yourselves, folks. That's the biggest thing that we ask when we educate our patients on. Um, if you think about it, if all the money that they put into kind of pushing or promoting these flu vaccines went into showing people how to just keep their immune systems healthy, what good that would do? 
You know what I mean? That would just be incredible if everybody works in their means. And we see that too. A lot of our patients or we'll have times where they call in because I don't want to get you sick, doc. You're not going to get me sick. You know what I mean? I've been adjusting patients eight years. I haven't missed a single day of adjusting by being sick. So our immune systems are really tested. They're strong. You're not going to get us sick. Come in, work on your own immune system. You know what I mean? Work on that nerve supply that really helps that immune system to get stronger, to build up your resistance, like Dr. Rod said. And that's really the way to do it. You just prepare yourself, be preventative, and that's always our focus. Dr. Adrian, last thoughts? Uh, just take care of your body. You know, make sure that it's always, you know, functioning at its best and that you're putting the things in your body and, and, and controlling your environment so that way your body can, can always be at its best. Um, we hope that you guys, you know, really enjoy these podcasts so that way you can really further your understanding on, on chiropractic and uh, what it can do for your body and share the word of chiropractic to others. You know, that's the biggest thing is there's just a big misunderstanding around chiropractic and what it is that we do. We're not just pain doctors. You know, we're trying to help your body thrive and, and be at its best uh, so that way you can really live and reach your full health potential. So, Well said, docs. This is good stuff, everybody. This is health. And, you know, we just see time and time again that little child that gets sick, that's given Tylenol, that turns into an infection, that's given antibiotics, and that happens over and over and over and over in their early years, and we call it the perfect storm, then that's the child that seems to end up with asthma, and then it becomes attention deficit disorder or ear infections, and we just see this cycle where somebody's constantly put on drugs, 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 drugs. And then there's another way, and that's where we see health live, when people don't go down that route when they get a fever or their child has a fever, they let the body's innate intelligence do its job. The fever's there to burn off the bug. They avoid sugar, get adjusted, and let the body develop the way it's supposed to. We're here to, to tell you, friends, and, and again, there's not a lot of places you hear people talk about this stuff, but the healthiest families we take care of, this is how they do it. So great stuff. Thank you for listening as always. We'll be back soon with the Quacks. Have an amazing day. Thank you for joining us today on The Quacks, the podcast about longevity. Be sure to tune into our next show. Have an amazing, healthy, blessed, abundant week.